have to tell you I was a little anxious about meeting Rachel Wang. After all, she is the co-founder of one of the most highly successful video production and social enterprise companies across London and the UK. So I wondered, what would she think of my recording equipment and my technique? I really shouldn't have worried though. Rachel was a dream to interview. Clearly very busy, she cleared her desk in Battersea Studios and made time for a chat about her vision and the growth of chocolate films since 2001, the amazing work they do for the young and disenfranchised in our community, as well as the superb 1000 Londoners project. 1000 videos created by 1000 Londoners about one city, my favorite place on earth, London. There were also several synchronistic moments, such as when I found out that they had produced a film for my parents' charity, Jamie. Rachel and Mark have truly created something wonderful with chocolate films. I'm Steve Lazarus, and this is your London legacy. So here we are in Battersea Studios with um, Rachel Wang, one of the co-founders and directors of Chocolate Films. <laughs> welcome to uh, the podcast, Rachel. Thank you, and uh, welcome to Chocolate Films. So, uh, yes, it's Chocolate Films, and Chocolate Films we've been running now for just over 16 years. Uh, we're a video production company, and we're also a social enterprise. So, being a social enterprise, we're quite unique. In actual fact, we were the first social enterprise that was a video production company, and we Right from the outset, uh, Mark Curry, the other director, and myself, we were really passionate about giving back to the community and training people in filmmaking skills, as well as creating our own professional video content. So uh, when Mark and I set up Chocolate Films, it was literally on our kitchen table in our spare room uh, when we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Now we've got two kids and we're married. Um, and when we did, we were really sort of passionate about yeah, giving back to the community um, as well as uh, making our own documentaries. So yes, yeah, so I suppose to answer your your question, Chocolate Films, we are a video production company and we make documentaries, we make all sorts of video content. And now, 16 years later, uh, we make films for arts and culture. Both Mark and I are really passionate about arts and culture. So we go delve into museums and galleries, we make exhibition content, we make... Uh, short form documentaries, social media films, um, and we also go into lots of different other fascinating sectors as well, like science and technology, education, you name it, really. We're very open to uh, what we film these days, and especially with digital technology as it is. So what was it that inspired you to get into the social enterprise sort of sector, if you if you like? I mean, had you been involved with sort of social work before, or, so, or giving, or community work prior to? Um... I suppose when we set up, it was a limited by guarantee. So we always were interested in kind of working as a charity, even though when you're limited by guarantee, you don't need a whole load of trustees. So we were kind of very, oh, we want to be very, um, I suppose, active and uh, doing our own projects. And so we were very, um, at that stage, we wanted to make sure that we gave back to the community. So I suppose we 
actually the reason was that Mark and I didn't know how to make films ourselves. And so when we set up Chocolate Films, we had to learn absolutely so everything So you knew nothing about scratch. filmmaking at all? <laughs> no. Wow. Oh, okay. Just trying to work out sort of what the essence of it. I mean, you know, I'm uh, very passionate about giving back to the community, working with every type. So what was of, your background um, immediately before? So um, I did history of art at theolo- uh, and theology at Bristol University. Okay. And then I did a law degree. Uh-huh. Um, in pers- Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. So I went to what's now called the University of Law. And then after that, um, I mean, Mark was in marketing and he'd also been an actor and directed in theatre. So we had a range of different experience. But both of us really, when we set up Chocolate Films, we thought, well, we don't know how to even make a film ourselves but that doesn't mean we can't so we had sort of a bit of a naive uh, but passionate kind of response to let's just make it we are creative and we want to make our own film so uh, that's really how we set up but then again um, at the time there wasn't digital technology so we had to really learn the hard way learn the cameras learn the edit equipment Um, it was much slower those days as well but then we learned along the way and I think now we actually it's really been beneficial to learn absolutely every aspect of this job of producing, directing, editing, because it actually means as as we grow chocolate films, we have a really good understanding of how to learn as so well. So are you completely self-taught, both of you? Or did you yes. get in people to sort of help you? With no. A, no. No, you didn't start watching a YouTube video or anything. Uh, oh, uh, YouTube wasn't around when we started, <laughs> I, I know, don't think. But no, since then, not. I mean, we keep up to date. We're totally up on the fact that, you know, every day something changes and we've always got to keep up to date with technology. So we're always learning. And I don't think that ever changes especially to be a good filmmaker you've always got to be open to the changes and the flexibility of film well now I think you're an organization of what some 22 over two locations absolutely so now we're in London and Glasgow there's 22 of us here and two nearly three about to be three people in Glasgow so yeah we're growing organically and we've always wanted to grow organically with regards to our kind of social side um, we were always just really keen um, to enable other people to realise film is accessible to other people. So as we learned the hard way, we actually wanted to make it easier for people to learn. Um, and often in different industries like law, you know, you mentioned you studied law. It, there's the case or there was the case, I think, when we started off in film where it was difficult to break into the industry. And we wanted to offer the opportunity for the younger generation um, and for every type of person to go, actually, I can do this. Um, and that's always been really my philosophy in life that if you want to do it you're passionate about it then you can do it sure sure so talk to me a bit about some of the work you do in within the community because you you do a lot of workshops don't you Mm, for for the young disenfranchised disempowered and and those with what we say disability and special educational needs so so how does that work so I mean now today we see over 4,000 young people and vulnerable adults each year and we train them in filmmaking skills so uh, we have a range of different workshops and courses so from like one day workshops in documentary or three day workshops in drama uh, where you can make your own short film Uh, we're really keen to make sure that participants that come onto our courses understand 
every aspect of filmmaking. So from story development, script writing, right through to what the kit, how to use the kit, being very practical and hands-on with camera kit, sound kit, um, to being on the shoot, how to be a crew, how to work together, how to communicate so that you can make something happen as a team, right through to the edit, so that people will see their mistakes. Because when you're a first-time filmmaker, often you'll see, oh, why did I film it? that way round, you know I can only see that when you get to the edit and you realize oh I should have filmed it this way I should have so that learning process we really love to see all the way through from pre-production to post-production our workshops literally um, schools and community groups will come to us and say you know do you have a workshop where you can come to work with our young people that are neat which is not in education and uh, employable um, it's kind of (laughs) one of those terms to describe pretty much kids that aren't so great at school or you know finding it tricky or challenging to get into work but we often find for that particular group that when you give them something practical I mean it's obviously it's generalization but when you do give them something practical like filmmaking something that's also cool and fun you know when it's media then it's incredible how motivated and also how thorough they are at learning and engaging with media and film because it's so practical that uh, you do find people do kind of keep with it and you know it can really help them then get back into you know thinking about further education or work as well but I mean we work with homeless organizations we've uh, worked with New Horizon which is in Houston for example where uh, we've done drop-in workshops where people can come along New Horizons uh, Horizons an amazing organization where they offer uh, like lovely lunches and laundry and stuff if you're homeless and so we just worked with them thinking well how can we make it feasible that someone that is homeless comes in you know maybe gets a bit of lunch and then we're just around to then train them if they fancy it and learn in a drop-in sort of fashion so they don't have to come back so I suppose we try and make our workshops as bespoke or flexible as possible for different groups we work a lot with people on the spectrum of autism and that again we find the spectrum obviously is so huge and very um, vast you know, I'm not an expert, but what we do know is that that is vast. And the more we find out about the participants beforehand, the more we can help them to engage with film. Do you tend to see the participants improve over the course of the training? So they, they change and they actually achieve something? It must yes, be very rewarding. Absolutely. Um, I think that all of our filmmakers, so um, we now have 15 full-time filmmakers here at Chocolate Films and all of our filmmakers are also facilitators. They're all DBS checked and things. So it means that they can go into different vulnerable environments. And yes, you know, they'll get back and go, you know, it's amazing to see this journey from someone that was kind of, you know, not even sitting down or not really listening to, you know, some, by the end, they're actually really motivated. I mean, you know, personally, there are so many stories where this has happened to me. Um, I mean, I remember working with a Colombian refugee, the Colombian Refugee Association, this was quite a few years ago, uh, when I used to go out a bit more on workshops uh, myself when it was a smaller team. But, you know, after lunch, a couple of them wouldn't even come back. And, you know, then this one guy, um, I think he was uh, severely dyslexic and um, he was having real trouble with his writing you know we just persisted with him you know thinking about different ways to you don't have to write it you can actually draw it you know that was how we kind of went around sort of you can still tell a narrative just because you're dyslexic that doesn't mean that it's the end of your if you are interested in script writing it's amazing because this guy wrote to me you know a few months ago or maybe 
probably a year ago now, and he's at university studying English. I oh, mean, wonderful. that's sort of, you know, when I read it, I was like, this is incredible. Yeah, he's like, I'm just, I've just got older, whereas he's grown up and decided to, you know, obviously I can't say that we were the only people, you know, it was no, a week's but you course. clearly had an impact and inspiration on his life. And Absolutely. It's, it's lovely both for you and for he to have participated in that journey. That's it. And also the fact he got back to us and he yeah, remembered wonderful. us, yes. you know, because Chocolate Films were still the same name, you know, still Mark and I that is the bosses. So uh, people can still find us again. You know, they're 13, you know, sort of in another seven years, they'll be 20 and they'll yes. be doing something completely different, grown up. And, you know, another interesting um, story, which actually leads into to A Thousand Londoners at the beginning of A Thousand Londoners a project that maybe I'll tell you about No, I very much want to hear about that Yeah, in a minute (laughs) there was a guy uh, Frank and he was just 13 and we did this pop-up media studio in order to outreach and to tell people about this new project which was four years ago when we started A Thousand Londoners So so just um, back up a bit what what is a pop-up Oh, so (laughs) yes so basically a pop-up media studio This is what we see it as. I think it can be quite a lot of things, but we um, went to Southside uh, Shopping Centre and we asked them if we could just use the space that's kind of central to all the shops. You know, you come out of the shop and you sort of see something in the middle and it could be that you see like a cellist or a uh, violinist. Yep. So you, you know, you often see different uh-huh. activities that you can engage with. Some people do kind of make a T-shirt type thing. So a pop-up event. I got it. Um, and ours was a pop-up media studio because obviously we do media. So what we did was we took some cameras. Um, some We did a little bit of time lapse. We did a little, we had a little animation station where people could engage with us and create an animation. And then we had this video booth. And the video booth was there really to tell people about our new project which was a thousand Londoners at the time which was four years ago and uh, we had people coming in and just chatting to us about what it was to be a Londoner which was really the question we were asking them you know why do you consider yourself a Londoner Uh, what do you love about London just general kind of things to get them thinking about themselves as Londoners anyway at this uh, pop-up media studio uh, just down in Southside which is in Wandsworth, uh, Wandsworth town Uh, Frank showed up, he was 13, and he was a really you know I couldn't help but sort of look at what he was up to he was sort of in a queue because it got really popular and this uh, video booth was kind of everyone was wanting to start to, uh, to chat to us and he was just doing this sleight of hand card game sort of just in his hands he literally just had some cards and he was doing all these little magical magic tricks I thought okay so what's this guy up to so when we started um, we approached him and he sort of came into the booth and he was explaining that he loves he wants to be a magician when he grows up and over the course of these two days that we had the pop-up media studio, we researched several people and asked them if they'd be interested to be part of our project and part of our Thousand Londoners web series. And Frank was one of the people, we asked his parents, obviously, because he's 13, if that would be okay. He actually went back home because he lived around the corner to ask if his mum could come out so that <laughs> she could find sure. out about it, etc. Yeah. Anyway, we ended up making a film about him. You can see it on a thousandlondoners.com now. He's called Frank. Um, he's now 17. I mean, the reason why I tell this story is it's another really amazing story. He ended up at Brit School. He started off, basically, he was just at uh, a school in Wimbledon and he was having real difficulty because he had ADHD and he still does. Really severe and he was using his magic basically, um, and there's these card tricks to focus his mind because he was finding it really difficult at school to, to participate in school work. And 
he realised, I suppose, through kind of our relationship um, on Thousand Londoners and the engagement that he had on in this documentary project, that he was someone that could be comf- more confident. And so he used the film that we made about him as part of his interview. This is something he told me afterwards, so it was really, really sweet, actually. Sort of That, I think, led him to think, right, I want to go to Brit, the Brit School, and now he's in. So it's like it's an amazing story of someone that sort of we've introduced to media actually in quite a different way, whereas it wasn't such deep engagement because we didn't get him to do the practical skills. But what we did do was inspire him to feel confident, to be creative, and to tell his story yeah that's that's amazing on so many levels because obviously it fits in with thank you your vision <laughs> to empower you know the vulnerable and sure. you know those who are you know don't have the opportunities necessarily that others have that's it it's also interesting from a personal point of view because my wife is has been a senko a special educational needs teacher oh, wow. coordinator okay. for 28 oh, wow. years and recently retired to work on her own business called i'll give it a plug here called Yellow Sun, which is all about helping parents of kids with special needs, ADHD and autism. So Okay, brilliant. So yeah. So it sounds I, like we need to have a separate conversation. I think conversation. we need to have a separate conversation <laughs> off, off mic, perhaps. But, Definitely. And then it also leads into the Thousand uh, yes, Londoners programme. Um, neatly segue into that. So this is how I found you when I was doing my research for your London legacy. I mean, it, I just couldn't believe that I found this Thousand Londoners, which completely seemed to have a crossover and synergy, albeit from a, a visual point of view, whereas this is audio, dealing and speaking to and recording the life of Londoners, yes. you know, but not famous Londoners necessarily, but, sure. but people who call themselves Londoners, or yeah. they may not even understand that they're a Londoner, but, you know, we think they're a Londoner because they're, they're different, they're from a melting pot of cultures. That's and it. I think, so talk us through the concept behind A Thousand Londoners, because yes. I've seen the TED, the TED Talk that yes. Mark, the Mark gave, and yes. we can direct people to that as well, sure. because that's, that's a very useful background. But just tell us about the concept and how it's developed. Yeah, so, uh, well, four years ago now, Mark and I, I think, I suppose it started with the fact that we at Chocolate Films work in so many environments. So we work with museums and galleries, we work with so many different types of people. Then we work with the homeless, we work with people that overcome drugs and alcohol, for example. So we work with so many different people and with all of them, we can communicate with them and we can engage with them and we can also support them or just uh, offer them our services. And we realised that we were in a really unique position to meet with so many people. I love the fact as a documentary maker, I get to meet so many different people from different walks of life. And I wanted to, rather than just keep that to myself, I wanted other people to have the opportunity to meet other people that maybe they wouldn't otherwise and I think it comes down to sort of you're on the tube you sort of see someone across the way and you wouldn't know who they are so in essence it was a community cohesion project at at the starting point we wanted people to have the opportunity to to relate to or understand or see the differences and to celebrate our differences and our similarities as well as to showcase the eclectic tapestry that is London life through the people that live here so um, that was really the starting point of an ambitious starting point and a bit of a harebrained idea really because we didn't have any funding behind us we just thought this is something we really feel excited to do and it's something that we didn't see 
that was happening. And I mean, to be honest, a few years ago as well, four years ago, there were all sorts of things that were happening that weren't necessarily positive. There were riots on the street. There was people weren't so keen on the Olympics. Lots of things were happening, you know, in the paper and things. And uh, so we just kind of wanted to combat that and to say, well, hang on, if you knew this person a bit better, wouldn't you be able to understand them? Uh, wouldn't you be able to open your mind to... But that's London, isn't it? Because there's always something negative going on as well as all the one... Uh, and we hear all the negative and we believe there's more negative than positive. That's it. Because that's the news that's portrayed. I that's mean, if it's not it. Grenfell Tower, it, you know, it's which is a... a an awful tragedy it, it, it's you know it's um terrorist activity or it's the trains on strike or whatever it is sure. that's going on but there's, every day there's wonderful news as well that's it and people go have to still go about their daily lives whether they're young you know with special educational needs or whether they're elderly or homeless and the concept of this thousand londoners is, is wonderful because it's telling the story through their eyes that's so it. people can actually look at them through their eyes and i think the wonderful thing is as well you're not telling the story you're getting them to relate to the viewer. Yes, absolutely. And I think that is thanks, Steve, for kind of pinpointing that because it's something that we say is a collaboration. So when now um, we're nearly at 300, we're making a thousand short documentaries. They're all up to three minutes in length. And um, every week, every Thursday, we publish a new Londoner. When we're going out to find our Londoners, we say it's a collaboration. Obviously, they've got to want to do it. That's the starting point. And then whether it's an anecdotal thing about their life they want to tell us, uh, whether they want to show us their home or their work, it's really something that we discuss with them to find out how to tell the story of that particular Londoner. So do they come to you and say, I'm interested in the project? Well, it's such a good question. Basically, it's such a variety of ways. So when we started, we realised if it's just going to be Mark and I, then it's going to be a very limited uh, collection of people, even though we do meet so many people. We've got to spread it out. So we have a way in which people can contact us through our email. You can email a thousand Londoners and get through to us and say, you know, my, I think my mum would be perfect or <laughs> my daughter or whatever it is, or whoever you think. Or else we also really... Um, through our outreach programs, we're looking for people all the time. As well as making documentaries, the filmmakers all make a thousand Londoner films here. We also run, actively run workshops all the time um, under the theme of a thousand Londoners. So that's something where our workshops, so in a way, a thousand Londoners is an incredible way to show the extent of what uh, Chocolate Films does, our production and our workshops, because uh, we make professional films through Thousand Londoners where, you know, I might go out or one of the other filmmakers as professional filmmakers, but we also offer it up to whoever wants to make a Londoner can make one. So, uh, for example, we work uh, with Wimbledon Book Fest. So each year or last year, they made a collection of 10 films where we went into different schools in Merton um, and in Wandsworth. And we trained the young people in filmmaking skills so that they can make their own short film. Uh, we also did this at Wens, uh, West Thames College and you can actually see one of the films, Oliver, um, is a really great example. He came to London for five years ago. He was French. He considers himself a Londoner. He's talking about what he hopes to achieve by his studies in gaming and sort of learning about animation and things. He's just a young guy that's sort of regular person that's really of interest to us because that's what makes London and so unique, so unique, so diverse. Um, so, and um, in that respect, 
other people that are also at his university or his college made that film about him. It wasn't us as filmmakers that went in. So we're training um, in skills as well as enabling people to have their own uh, short film showcased on our Thousand Londoners web series. So it's a storytelling device, but it's also a learning device yes, as well. Yes, absolutely. Which is and it's great as well. I mean, because of the way you can distribute online nowadays it keeps everything open so you know you've got the choice of all these Londoners you might want to watch you can go onto our site and think okay um, I can choose this person because we've actually got a way in which you can um, choose Londoners through their star sign so it kind of shows you how arbitrary things are you know do you want to choose through age through their gender or through star sign just to kind of lighten it lighten it up because obviously how do you choose sure. which one you want to watch it's so kind of random yeah. Uh, we also we also have a map, so you know, kind of. Let's say you live in Hounslow and you want to see other people that live in Hounslow, you can click on that part of the map of London and find you know five or six other people, and then you might see them on the street and think, oh wow, okay, I know, I know your story and I know a bit more about you. So yeah. I also I, thought it was interesting that I think it was Mark Mark who said in I think it was in uh, the website or the TEDx talk yes. that you only call them by their Christian name by their first yes. name, you don't give their surname away, yeah, because it doesn't matter what what their surname no. is. It's, the first name is all that matters That's and, their, and it. their story. Yeah, we're not really trying... Well, what we're trying to do is make everyone on an equal level rather than, um, you know, us. Of course, we've got some famous people. We've got um, Alexander Burke. We've got Nicholas Sirota. Um, but when you do that, then you're sort of saying, is this all about sort of famous celebrities, which it definitely isn't. And so that's why we chose to make it a first name basis only. So, you know, you see Nick or you see Alexandra, you just see them as people just like anyone else, really. <laughs> so what's the feedback been generally? I mean, first of all, from the public feedback. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, Stephen Fry uh, said it was something that's definitely worth watching. So when you've got him behind you, you know, yeah. it was a great success. We've actually won uh, several awards as well internationally. So we've been really... For this particular project? For this, for a thousand Fantastic. Londoners. Yeah. So um, it's gone to New York and won an award there. Um, it was in Italy and uh, we got an award f- from there. So I think it's, um, it's something that it's a slow burner as well. We're not sort of going... This is it, that you've got to kind of watch it. And we want to kind of do it organically. So we're nearly at 300. It's, it might take us five years. It might take us 10 years. And we just want to do it slowly but surely and make sure that we create that range, curate what London is. And it's ever-changing. And a 1,000 London, I'm trying to do the maths here, 1,000 <laughs> Londoners, three minutes. What's that, 40, 50 hours worth of... That's it. So I suppose if you go on to watch, you know, a ser- any sort of series, there's about the same amount. So this is a series you like any other. You box set. Absolutely. You know, you could easily watch that, it. couldn't you? That's yeah. it. So why not watch something constructive and educational and, and fun? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And um, you can dip in and out of this as well. You don't yes. have to watch it from one to a thousand. No, no, you can watch one, you know, you can watch three of them. Uh, we also have animations on there as well. So, um, and different styles, you know, we really thinking about being as cinematic as possible but telling the story through through the person and enabling people to just be able to speak for themselves as as regular people living in London. I also wanted to ask you about you you also run an accreditation scheme as well I think through your workshop so so some of the people who come and learn through the workshop can actually get some certificate or something to demonstrate the progress that they've made. Yes, so we're really keen to empower 
disadvantaged young people and adults, vulnerable adults. So we do this in several ways. Um, we find it's really great to have, you know, accreditation on your CV. It helps to get into university, make an employer realize that, um, you know, you've done this course. So uh, we have, we offer AQA Arts Award and ASDAN. So there's three different accreditations you can get at Chocolate Films through our workshops. But it depends on the type of workshop you do. So Arts Award, I don't know if you're familiar with not, it. Not overly familiar. Uh, it's no. a really great uh, um, way in which you can find out more about arts. They're interested in people going to exhibitions, writing their own blogs, writing their own kind of theories and journey of their process to being more creative. I suppose I'm sure you, um, people can look on their site to find out more. But what we offer is on our longer workshops, the ability to get an arts award. Um, and that can be bronze, silver or gold. And the gold, I think, is equivalent to half an A-level or something. It's pretty um, diff- you know, difficult, sort of, you've got to be quite thorough and do quite a lot of work. Um, but you can come at it from different... And the great thing is you can offer bronze, which is still, uh, I think it's like half a GCSE or something. So it really, it's a great way of, on a practical workshop still getting something that has worth to an employee or for further education really and um, that is so important you know we also offer our own chocolate film certificates really just an acknowledgement of getting to the end of a course and I think that's really important you know people always need that sort of affirmation that you've you've done something you got to the end and of course the film it is it's a total achievement and making that film as a team being able to use it as well so we'll send the link to all of our participants we make sure that they can use that link and share it and use it for what they need to use it for like Frank did when he went to Brit school for um, his interview I think that is really helpful because it really kind of makes people very proud you know even if they show it just to friends and their family that that's what they've done Has there been any specific demand for training in social media, filmmaking, for example? Oh, wow. It's a really good question. I mean, social media is something that Chocolate Films, we make video content for social media all the time all the time now um, for yourself for, or for clients uh, for, for both so, really yeah. I think it's something you know as everyone knows you will want to instead of reading something on social media you want to watch uh, look at a, a lovely image or watch something of interest so a video or something uh, audio visual to entice you and attract you to whatever the message is and we're in the business of video so that's something we're very passionate about keeping abreast of um and so yeah so um we just made a recruitment film actually um so we're um looking for new filmmakers and we thought the best way to showcase that rather than you know having a um, lots of paragraphs about what the job description is which of course we do as well but a video that's an animation which is what we've put out um showing what it's like to be a filmmaker at chocolate films um just to attract more people and also to attract people that are thinking visually anyway so I think it's absolutely essential especially in arts and culture as well uh, for accessibility I've got to touch on it because this is how I found you uh, was when I was doing my research for who I wanted to be on one of the next guests on the podcast I was scrolling through your website and AI found a thousand Londoners which really resonated with me but then I also saw that you'd actually done a video for the, the charity that my parents set up 20 30 odd years yeah. ago called called Jamie yes. um which is a mental health charity yes and I, I just thought that was quite incredible that there I am looking at what 
on the face of it, is a completely random potential guest for the podcast. And, but there is that crossover because, sure. and there I was last December at the annual dinner, and there was your video. And I, little did I know that had been made and produced by your good selves. Yeah, so how so did you get involved with that? What was the uh, story there? Um, well, I think that I think there was a, a pitching uh, or a tender process uh-huh. for Jamie. We love working with charities. Yes. That's every apparent, and, yes. you know that every and all charities we always we've just recently did something with um the British Heart Foundation in Glasgow um for one of their campaigns Jamie was it's a fantastic uh charity and we wanted to support them so we put a um, you know, wrote in response to the brief, um, had an interview, and we were lucky enough to uh, receive the commission to make a film that, that was a fundraising film, essentially. And I think that's, I suppose, so many charities need that visual voice that so, you know, it can have such high impact when you create a video, and it can go to so many people in a reasonable way. And obviously, when you're a charity, the last thing you want to do is to spend a lot of money and then not have the money for the charity itself. So I think um, what we find is to try and work out the best way for all charities to get what they need in the most efficient and effective way, but also that can enable them to get the fundraising or the camp to, to support them with their particular campaign. Well, if I tell you the first ever video I think that was ever done for my parents' charity, well, I say my parents' charity, it's not my parents' charity anymore, but they were the co-founders sure. from our front living room <laughs> um, many, many years ago. The first video that I recall, which was ever done and released in a um, fundraising capacity, was actually some footage of my sister when before she became ill running down the beach with me as a kid. So it's come a long way from from there to what you produced and was shown at the annual dinner last year. And I have to tell you, without mentioning any figures, but it was it turned out to I think to be the financially the most successful fundraiser they've oh, ever had wonderful. they've ever had in the history. So clearly you you played a big <laughs> part in that, which which is which is fantastic news. news. Definitely. Um, so maybe next year as well you'll be yes, done. I don't know you'll be called back to do next year's as oh, well. I really hope so. No, I mean as I say, the fundraising aspect, I think that you, you can say so much in a video, can't you? And um, tell people so much. Uh, I think that often pe- charities have a really hard job because often they're dealing with really serious, obviously really serious issues. Jamie, mental health and all of these sort of issues, they're sometimes quite hard to digest for everyone you know regular people so it's how to enable it to be accessible and to tell that story but then to give those aims in the clearest way so that people think actually I've got to get involved in this Um, and that's sometimes a fine line to to tread. Sure. I mean, mental health, like like cancer used to be many years ago, which was stigmatized. Mental sure. health is just coming out of the shadows now. Um, and it touches everybody, although not everybody talks about it. If it's not you, it's somebody you know or a member of the family. So the, the visual art of publicizing it is, is crucial sure. and telling the story. Definitely. And as you say, the stigma, all we want to do, you know, in our filmmaking is actually to communicate these things so that people can have conversations and make things a little bit less stigmatized and a Mm. little bit more normal. Mm. Well, it's not just charity that you do. Um, I know you do a lot of work in the corporate sector as well, and also with um, education and arts as well. Yes. So, I mean, do you have different people 
um, working on different projects or specialising in different fields or how, do, how does it go with it? Um, yes, so we do have, I mean, people, luckily at Chocolate Films, we're interested in everything. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, you know, uh, whether we're working with uh, one of our clients is Arup, which is an amazing engineering, mm-hmm. huge organisation that does incredible, you know, works, um, you know, working with engineers. And I often find that when you're working in different sectors, you've always got to do the research, don't you? Because to find out, you know, what does an engineer even do? You know, the range of different things. So um, all of our staff are, you know, creative and highly educated to be able to be interested in all of the different sectors we work in. I think that that's the starting point, sort of interest and commitment. Um, and then, you know, when we do approach things, we always, you know, there's someone that's particularly interested in environmental studies here at Chocolate Films. There's another person that's, you know, had a huge amount of experience in the arts. So we try and attach the correct person for uh, the correct sector, just so that there's that sort of communication at that level. Well, you've done amazingly to to grow the business in a relatively short space of time to what it is today and to do the work that you do within the community and the giving back of the social enterprise. So I I know you're very busy and uh, I think we'll wrap it up now to let you get get on. Thanks for coming over. It's been a pleasure and it's been a delight to meet you and to be be shown around as well. So can you just maybe give a a few details of how people can find out more about what you do and about the thousand uh, Londoners and contact you? Thank you. I mean, I suppose one last thing I'd like to say is that, you know, the latest Londoner at the moment is Christopher. It's of interest, I think, to people because Christopher was made by one of our film, uh, one of our, uh, my colleagues that's not actually a filmmaker. She's somebody that works in our digital marketing. She's from Belgium. And I think that's a different perspective again. So we were really interested for her to make a London a film to see and she's made a film about someone that works on the trains in Denmark Hill if you see that film I think it's number 297 oh, you so. know the number as well oh, well I just looked at it because we're just before 300 so we do lucky dip and I call a number will you know the, uh, the I know the absolutely <laughs> is four. that specific well, that's it and um, I think that's the key to our thousand Londoners project you know sort of as a call out which is whoever you are don't feel you've got to be a filmmaker to be involved Lex works in digital marketing she's from Belgium she's now a Londoner herself she's been living here for all, uh, just a couple of years but she's got a completely different perspective on what London is and who the people are here and I think that that's what we really want to do to find different stories through different people so we get that huge range so yes yeah, so if you are interested and want to find out more you can go on to a thousandlondoners.com to see the films I think it's info at a thousandlondoners.com to write to us uh, but you can always go on to chocolate films and info at chocolatefilms.com as well uh, takes you to the same people um, if you want to suggest a Londoner to us and also if you want to find out about workshops that we're running as well um, if you'd like to learn about filmmaking skills and make your own Londoner film then pretty much go onto our website chocolatefilms.com or a thousand Londoners and it's the number one zero 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 Londoners.com and social media um, oh uh, social media off the top of my head well at a thousand underscore Londoners yeah um, chocolate films I think if you just type that in that will will definitely come up that's perfect so your london legacy is the podcast and you're certainly creating a london legacy with the the, the body of work that you're doing and specifically a thousand londoners and all the uh, social enterprise work that you're doing you're creating your own legacy which is absolutely fabulous sure. so once again rachel thank you very much indeed it's thank been a, a pleasure